Hello, just Chase Pond here. Now, usually I have guests on this show, but unfortunately there was no one available and I decided, you know what, I'm not something I'm going to do often, but I am going to progress with this episode of the Gaming Tadpole by myself. And how I'm going to do it is I'm going to breeze over some quick stories, uh, you know, just give my thoughts on uh, a few news stories and then... Talk about some game demos I played, just so I can, uh, you know, keep things going for when I do have a guest next time, a co-host, then uh, I don't have to try to carry old stuff into the new week and try to catch up with everything. So, this is just my plan B for uh, when I get to these situations where I don't have anyone else. Yeah, it's just the thing with scheduling with people and then trying to do this twice a week. It is kind of hard at this time, especially, you know, doing this as a hobby. In fact, instead of trying to list uh, the stuff that I'm going to be doing today, I'm just going to go right into it. And I'm going to start out with uh, the news. The first news story I wanted to begin is is an update on yeah some old news from last week that's been updated through the weekend. And that being Crash 4 having microtransactions. There was a whole rumor about that because the Microsoft Store and even the PlayStation Store said in-app purchases. But no, Sony came out, or uh, Toys for Bob came out and said, no, no microtransactions. The in-game purchase or in-game purchase label is just for the pre-order skins. Now, what do I think about this? Well... I think it's highly possible that there will not be microtransactions in Crash 4. And I I do think that maybe they might feel like doing DLC post-launch or whatever. I I don't know. But do I believe them? Hmm. Well, I want to say yes. But, I mean, if you want to go back to the last two Activision published games or even... For example... Crash uh, Nitro Kart, Crash Nitro Kart Refueled, Crash Team Racing Kart Refueled, whatever you want to call it. That game came out and with, with no microtransactions, and the developers even said there are no microtransactions in Crash Team Racing at Nitro Field. But then, a few weeks later, there were microtransactions. They just slipped it in after the good praise has uh, come in. So if those are saying, yeah, I won't, I won't believe it until I see it, then I totally understand. What do I think? I'm going to be on the nice side and say I do believe them, but if they turn around and put deal or microtransactions in Crash 4, I'm not going to be surprised. I mean, this has happened often. This has happened not just with Crash Nitro Field, but even... Modern Warfare, when they said, hey, the microtransactions, they won't be gameplay uh, driven. And then, well, it's not completely gameplay driven. There are some gameplay uh, features that were in previous, you know, iterations of the game of Call of Duty and were taken out here, but, you know, sold back to you for a certain amount of money. If they, yeah, I hope they don't. I mean, the game is going to cost $60 now, more than Crash uh, Team Racing Nitro Field and pretty much both Spyro Reignited and Crash Insane Trilogy, which all those games, they cost $40. This is $59.99. So for me, it's kind of weird to put in microtransactions in a single player game, no less. 
So I totally get them saying, hey, you know what, it's not going to happen. I also do believe that maybe they might be, you know, trying to hide it and get just get praise. But I'm just going to be on the nice. There's too many terrible things going on in this world for me to just get caught up in just the, the cynical idea of them lying. So I'm going to assume, yeah, they, it won't. there won't be any microtransactions. We'll see. So that is that. Uh, another game that was in the news it was uh, crisis remastered i was i i, I was kind of uh, i liked crisis 3 a lot and i liked crisis 2 a little bit they weren't games that i was totally in love with but th- there were all of these uh, og crisis fans that were like oh my gosh these sequels suck they're terrible how dare they make the game not open world and put in less stuff i i don't I, I what i really think is just the nostalgia is what it is i mean you look at mass effect and people's obsession with mass effect 1 over both of mass effect 2 and 3 saying oh my gosh mass effect 1 is the clear best mass effect game and all the sequels they all suck and i played Mass Effect years later to find out that no, uh, I don't know about that. I mean, Mass Effect Two, I'd say is the best. I mean, subjectively, my opinion, I say it's the best out of the three. Mass Effect One, there were so many issues with it. In fact, I would even say the open world uh, stuff was not very exciting. You would go on this uh, Hot Wheels toy car that is the Mako. And you just kind of run around or drive around in just an empty world, trying to get to that one spot that's where the where the mission is at. So for those who just get really crazy about open world, there was so much empty space in the first Mass Effect. Even when going to the Citadel, the Citadel, yeah, it was massive. Or I mean, I won't say massive. It was a lot of space but it's like okay what do you need that space for if there's nothing in it and then just all those long times being in the elevators there were plenty of pacing issues i felt with mass effect one but i mean hey you want the nostalgia so i guess mass effect one is superior to the sequels so for the longest time i felt the same way with crisis i think i mean looking at the trailers for crisis I don't know. I I was it didn't look as exciting as the sequels, which I also thought are not like amazing, but they're pretty good. I actually like Crazy Th- Three quite a bit, which I, I mean I'm gonna give this a chance, Crisis One, and see how it is. So and then, so I'm gonna get it on the Switch, which is probably the most interesting thing, considering the uh, Crisis is trying to or known to. Uh, break the limits on systems i mean that's the most famous thing about crisis is can your pc run crisis holy crud and there was a leaked gameplay trailer for the game with a revealed release date of july 23rd and there was some mixed reactions to that leaked trailer which had the developers saying okay there's some kinks we need to work out it's going to take us a, maybe a couple or a few more weeks, so we are going to delay the release of the game. Now, I don't know if they meant from 
now to July 23rd or from July 23rd to somewhere in August or September. Because when I looked at the Switch store, it was still showing uh, it pre-order, you can pre-order the game and get it on July 23rd or July 24th. So I don't, maybe they need to update that, but we'll see. I'm curious about Crisis. I've never played the first one, so I'm willing to try it out. But, I mean, I'm also open to the idea of the, the love for the first Crisis game is just... I mean, may, I will, maybe I will play and I'll just be like, yeah, I, I, I don't see it. So, we'll see. I mean, I already saw a video going, oh my gosh, Crisis 1 looks like a wreck or it's... A failure of a remaster. I'm like, j- just give the guys a chance. Let them finish the game. It hasn't even come out yet. It's I. That's the thing is, I didn't even see the uh, leaked gameplay trailer. But the fact that it's mixed reactions has me to believe it doesn't look as bad as what that video was making out to be. But we'll see. Now this next story is something very important to talk about, and that is. The possibility of games being $10 pricier in the next generation. And it started with the listing or uh, listing of 2K or uh, the new NBA 2K, uh, new 2K21. And apparently it is listed on for PS5 and Xbox Series X for $69.99. Coming up to $70 plus tax. I mean, you know. And now there's reports coming up with other publishers may consider raising the price for these games. Well, there was a little estimation by the previous executive at Sony Computer Entertainment who left the company, but he said that or the uh, budgets on games are starting to get unstable. Uh, I mean, unless we kind of pull back on the amount of length we want to put in our games, our titles. And he's like, you know what, we need a return to the 12 to 15 hour or 8 to 10 hour experiences. Which I agree. I don't think every game has to be at least 20 or 80 hours of length to justify $60, but... There's always those people who are like, no, it needs to be. I mean, you, you price it at this point. Uh, it's got to be, uh, you know, dollar for hour. And that's just not me. I mean, one of my favorite games of this year is Streets of Rage 4. You can beat that game in an hour and a half or two. And you know what? After I beat the game, I felt compelled to play through it again because I just had so much fun and I wanted to experience the different unlockable characters. Also, some of the secrets in the game. But apparently, if it's $25, it needs to be more than just a couple hours long. Or if it's just $15. I got someone saying, oh, wow, the Pokemon DLC, it sucks because you can beat it in just two or three hours. I'm like, $15 for that? That's not too bad. What? I I just don't really have that uh, type of you know, demand in games to be like, to be of that length. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, unless it is $60, only two hours long, that might be different. But, I mean, come on. If it's 
12 or $10 and it's only an hour or two long. Why does that have to be a bad thing? I, I don't know. If, you're, if you enjoyed this game so much, I mean, should that matter? Should your enjoyment of this game be of priority instead of how long did you spend on it? I don't get it. There are people who are even saying, hey, I don't want to buy a $60 game that's only 20 hours long. I don't think that's enough. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's funny that we all want these long games and a lot of us don't even won't even have the time to finish those games. It's like, hey, you better have those hours there just in case if I feel like playing it. All right. Yeah. I I mean, regarding the $70, do I think it's a reasonable price height? I'm going to say for now, unless I get more detailed information about how development works with the new consoles, I'm going to say no. And the reason why is that you've got some of these uh, big AAA games releasing for $60 and also having all these microtransactions, but a lot of the sales don't even go back to the developers. They go to the higher-ups in the company, the business executives who are trying to make a just an intense profit out of it. And we have this mindset, hey, you know what, games are expensive to make, and you know what, they can be very pricey to make. But also, yeah, all the money, they it goes back to the developers. They need to put uh, food on their plate. It's like, I don't necessarily think that is the case with some of these AAA studios. If, I mean, if what I hear is true, so I, that that's just me. I just feel like there is a little bit of greed to wanting to raise the price just to see how much money can you get out of it. I, there is such thing as just poor product or project management, and that's the the situation we get into some of these games. Now, will it be all studios? Probably not. Definitely not. I mean, you have the indie. Uh, I mean, for for all. Indie games, they're still going for the smaller prices, which are fine and wonderful because indie games are great, uh, especially great ones. But yeah, I I don't know about uh, you know seeing seventy dollar prices for a game to be very reasonable, but we will have to see. Of course, I mean we we need more information as to why, but you know. People say games are expensive to make, but then we hear that this is not uh, exactly going back to the people who worked on the game, or at least the people who poured their heart and soul into it, who had to crunch hours for it. Not saying crunches in every studio, but you know. Anyway, anyway, and now this is the big one for all the competitive... Now, this last one is the big news story, and actually, I want to... I want to bring someone. Hold on. This last one is the big news story, and that's regarding Evo getting canceled, at least for the year, due to sexual allegations, several coming up against one CEO of Evo. Joey Cooler has been removed from the Evo company. He's no longer leadership after so many things have been about child porn. And his love for it. Yeah, when uh, you exchange nudes with children, that's, uh, I don't know 
if I should fault them for fire fault them fault them for firing that's kind of bad so I totally get all of this now I am not that invested in the competitive community so I don't know anything about Jolie Cooler until now Cooler but they did find a new CEO that will manage Evo for next year but for this year, they're canceling and saying, you know what, this this is not going to work out. Especially when so many companies like Capcom and Nintendo have pulled out of their support because of all this. They do not want to be involved in this, and I totally get it. So, now you could say fair trial, and I totally get that too. Because I'm not all for, you know, just shutting people down on the internet. But, I mean, when you exchange news with children and do a lot of uh, nasty things with kids that's not healthy at all. That is disturbing. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think Twitter should be the future of all this, but in this case, yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm full or I'm for, yeah, I'm totally for it. And the thing is, people are going to complain, man, I want my tournaments. Well, think of it this way. You can pretty much host your own online tournaments. You can come up with your own competitions. You know, maybe the prizes won't be as big, but you can just enjoy the entertainment of a fighting game tournament. I mean, you have people playing against each other online. So, it doesn't mean there's not going to be a substitution. You can always make it, but, you know, I think it's important for them to cancel for this year and sort this out so it doesn't happen again. Apparently, this was also ongoing last year, and now they're finally taking action. Why did it take this long? I don't know, but hey, they're doing it, and I think it's for the best. I'm not a fighting game expert, but I am a this-needs-to-stop expert. <laughs> that, I don't, that doesn't make any sense, but you know... I, I can't seem to defend this at all. Okay, and now I'm going to talk about these two demos. And the first one will be Genesis Noir. This is a very interesting one because I just browsed on, on Steam to take a look at some of these demos that are going on. This one immediately caught my eye by the visual powerhouse here. What I'm saying is you have what is uh, jazz going up and it's got uh, some uh, line artwork. I don't know what would probably be the best reference to it, but it's almost like jazz in the cosmos because uh, you've got these character models almost like they're drawn from aligned uh, stars. And it's got an interesting mix of 2D and 3D going on here. As far as what the gameplay is, kind of simple, a little bit. I mean, compared, or according to the demo that I played, it's a point-and-click adventure where you're mainly dragging the mouse along the line or clicking on things of interest, and it kind of switches up very often to what you're doing. I mean, it starts off with you trying to find the right sequences, and that would be turning the knob a little bit to make the right sound waves. And then immediately gets us into the story 
of our main protagonist, who is not named necessarily. There's no dialogue. It's kind of telling its story through visuals. But you got someone who's trying to get into the music scene, and he eventually finds his way into seeing this... You know, your main character's got a saxophone, and he's got a... Or this person you uh, run across who's just... Uh, or past the train tracks he's uh, just playing his instruments playing his bass and at that point you do get some other context to the story there are some uh, there, there's some uh posters you can look at and uh the, you know it's got some information going on and then you two just uh look at each other and you start to play music and you just get that bond going on you know just two people loving the joy of jazz and it's just kind of a really exciting to even see what happens beyond because it ends in a very interesting twist that i mean on a cliffhanger that gets you excited going okay what's going to happen next but it's a really awesome looking game I mean, for a while, just by the visuals itself and the color palette. I mean, regarding the gameplay, the gameplay is is very simple. And that might turn some people off because for the demo, all of what I need to do is just drag the mouse to the left or the right. And that was just kind of it. It's not a very challenging game at all, which the way it's presented, I'm not really expecting it to. If anything, there is a little bit where you have to you have to kind of get this thing and or play Simon Says uh, to play all the right notes, but then it goes into these parts where you can just make up your own notes and make up your own music for the fun of it, and it gets very interesting. And just you making these beautiful visual out of your own creation while you two are playing. An original song that is partially created by you, like you creating the the backup uh, music for it, or not the backup music, but the support. You know, it just looks really awesome, and I'm very excited to see what happens later. Especially from what I can read and the description, there's a little confrontation going on, and then eventually gets to what is known as the Big Bang. So it's it really cool to mix the galaxy with jazz and just create a little melody with it. But it's just a very calming and soothing game with a story that I am kind of invested to see what happens. It's very simple, straightforward, but a lovely, art, a lovely artistic, uh, interactive game. Yeah, for point-and-click fans and just for people who are really into music, it's looking to be a very exciting game. I'm looking forward to Genesis Noir. And then the other game I want to talk about was something where I interviewed the developer on, and that was Exophobia. I forgot to... or no, I didn't forget. Well, I, I, I didn't get a chance to play the demo before I did the interview. And at the end, I promised, yes, I will play the demo for Exophobia, which I did. Now, I'm not going to go too far into what the plot and everything is, because I did a whole interview explaining the game with him, or him explaining the game 
You can check that out in the link below. Instead, I'm just going to quickly give my thoughts. Everything the developer said, it just kind of reflected the game. I mean, him saying that it's always about moving around and staying on your feet. That is definitely true. Especially a lot of the rooms so happen to be tight spaces when you got so many enemies on screen. Or at least progressively you start to get more enemies on screen. And I liked the enemy types. You had enemies with blasters, ones with swords that'll try to charge at you, ones with riot shields, and then it ends in a boss where you're fighting a mech. So, and the game can be pretty challenging. I mean, there are some side collectibles that you can achieve if you go through this one little challenge. I only say is that, you know, if you die, you have to restart at the last save point, and there are some save areas kind of spread out a little bit through the uh, little bit of the map that I was exploring. But, I mean, it lived up exactly to the exclamation of the developer, and I was really thrilled by the the color can I wouldn't say color can I mean, the gushy visuals just how uh, uh, just the 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 uh, designs of the characters and you know them killing them and then it exploding into what it, what looks like gushers gushers blood and i guess that is also thanks to the color palette and just some of the the art direction but i was really interested in just exploring the level and finding whatever type of secrets I could obtain. And I uh, did find some things in it. And I, I, I won't say, but I'll, I'll say that there are little uh, rooms you can get into. Are they hard? Yeah. There was one where I do flip a switch and there are these switches where they're timed and you have to get to the other side until or else things will or i mean it will uh shut down and you can't go through and it would be between me and these hallways of light beams just going back and forth that was really crazy to try to get through so there are some definitely tough yeah, on the normal difficulty, or at least not on the normal difficulty, the difficulty in the demo, there were some very tough, uh, challenge, I mean, uh, side missions, and then also the boss fight at the end, because he would take out a lot of your health, yeah, so it's, uh, a lot of it is about moving around, kind of like Doom, and kind of like Wolfenstein, and, well, I mean, a lot of these uh, shooters are always having you to move around the place and not stay uh, in line with the enemy fire or the enemies are trying to charge at. And I think the fact that you have very little health makes it easy for you to get your butt whooped. Uh, I mean, especially sometimes it'll take one or two hits. Unless you have armor, then hey, four... But it seems like a really great blend between Metroid Prime and, well, Wolfenstein. But if you really want to say Doom, then okay, cool. I did like how the gun upgraded into different powers that will allow me to access different uh, rooms. 
I mean, eventually I got the charge ability where I can uh, destroy harder to blast walls by fully charging my blaster. And of course the developer mentioned some other upgrades, so they're probably there too. I'm looking for the game. The game or the demo was uh, quite fun. And I enjoyed some of the different environments I got to see, including just being out of the ship or the the ship uh, rooms when I'm out on the uh, walkway. That's a nice change of scenery when you're just kind of out there and it's just a dark uh, abyss. I mean, I wouldn't say a dark abyss, but you have no idea what's outside going on. And you got enemies in the distance. It's just simply a fun game that I, I, I enjoyed the gunplay and yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It, it looks it looks fun. I mean, that's the most important thing. Will things be too hard for me to beat? I mean, I don't know. I was kind of stuck on that boss fight because uh, it kept kicking my butt, but you know, maybe later. So that's what I wanted to do is just give some quick news thoughts and some quick game de- or demos since I don't have really a co-host to jump off and give his own give their own thoughts because I I was gonna have a co-host but she's unfortunately not available and none of my other co-hosts are available so this was my plan B but next Tuesday I will be back with Kevin and he, we will be talking about Ninjala uh, along with some other things. And some demos too. That's the thing is I'm going to be taking a look at some more game demos. There's a, there's a couple more. But that's it. Uh, you can find this on punchpress.wordspress.com, soundcloud.com, social punchpress, Facebook, Instagram, at punchpress, Twitter, at chiefspawn64. And, you know, my email is philk76 at email.com. I am looking forward to talking to you guys about gaming again next week.